This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie, who has amazing pull quotes like this. Pit stop. <laughs> my favorite line in the movie. Today's feature presentation is Cars from 2006. Katie, what's this movie? It's Doc Hollywood, but with cars. I don't understand that reference, but I'll trust you. It's literally this movie, but just substitute Michael J. Fox with a car. Really? Yeah. This is okay. literally the script of Doc Hollywood. Interesting. Cool. Um, the There's a bunch of history around this one. So this was produced by Pixar. It's a Pixar movie. Um, very obvious as soon as you start watching, but is released by Walt Disney Pictures. So it's one of those most Pixar movies were released by Walt Disney Pictures. Um, and this falls into that camp. Uh, Cars was directed by John Laster and it was inspired by a road trip that he took with his family. During the research phase of this movie, they got a Route 66 historian and led 11 Pixar animators on two different road trips along Route 66. And I thought that was super cool that they actually like went and explored Route 66 um, to get like the real authentic feel for it. And then they also ended up visiting the design studios of the big three Detroit automakers to see a bunch of like the behind the scenes design and what goes into car design because they were trying to figure out how to animate cars for the first time or not for the first time ever, but they wanted to animate cars in a different way than normal. And so a lot of what I found in the history and the behind the scenes of the production of this one was them trying to give their own spin on how do you animate a car. And so a couple things they did, they tried to give each car its own unique style of movement, depending on the type of car and the age of car so that everyone kind of feels different as it moves, just like every car, you know, if you've ever driven a couple different types of car, every car drives different. So they were trying to give that feel to it. And then um, one of the things they landed on was having the eyes of the cars be the windshield. And they said that that was critical to giving them more life and putting kind of a unique stamp on the animated style um, instead of what you would typically see before this or in really most cartoons um, and most animated cars is they'll use the headlights as eyes, but it's just not as expressive. So using the, um, the actual windshield as like the eyes and the eyebrows gave them something that they could really animate. Um, and then they also had a bunch of instructions that the cars needed to act like they were made of real materials so that the whole thing felt more realistic. And they said that getting the chrome and the car paint shaded and rendered correctly were two of the biz biggest technical challenges of the film. Um, one of the things that they talked about was that they didn't want um, the kind of like older style of animation where things really like distort and bend. You know, they didn't want the materials to feel like they were stretchy and like made of rubber, like a really old timey cartoon. So as much as possible, they try to make it so that outside of a couple key pieces, if you watch closely, most of the car doesn't actually like move which is impressive with how much like life and animation that they gave to the cars. You know, there's a couple pieces that do move so that they can like have a mouth and they can have eyes, but a lot of the car body just stays rigid because that's what actually happens to a real car. And so the fact that they did that, but they still injected life into it was so cool. They were able to do that. Um, it was generally positively received by critics, and it was a big box office success. It made $462 million on a budget of $120 million, so huge return on investment there. Um, it was nominated for two Academy Awards, including Best Animated Feature, and then it won a couple awards like the Annie Award and the Golden Globe for the Best Animated Feature. It also did well enough that it got two sequels and two spinoffs, so it got Cars 2, Cars 3, 
planes and then planes colon fire and rescue so all of those were spin-off like full movies that they made and then on top of that it got a handful of tv shows and a short film it also got a video game there was a lot with this one katie um i would also like to correct you um it only got one sequel cars 3 because as far as i'm concerned cars 2 doesn't exist i've literally never seen any of the sequels so. you don't need to see it it's fine I think it's on our list. Don't we have to watch it at some no, point? No, nope. I I refuse to watch Cars two. I'm not okay. It. That makes me want to watch it more now. I I sat through like twenty minutes of it, and I was like, "Do I have to see this movie to see the third one?" <laughs> and my friend was like, "No, you don't have to watch it." I was like, "Oh, thank God, I'm turning this off." All right. Well, high level for this one. What do you think of it, Katie? Uh, still a fantastic film, even after so many years. Uh, extremely well done. The soundtrack is amazing. Um, also, this movie inspired an entire land at California Adventure. I actually knew that from watching yes. one of the behind the scenes things on Disney Plus. Yeah. So they built Cars Land um, as an inspiration from this film. And there's three two two attractions i can't remember two it's two of them there's racers uh radiator springs racers so you basically like get into two cars and then you go through like different parts of this movie like you do tractor tipping you get painted um and then you race each other at the end um and then there's my favorite attraction which is um i forget i forget the actual name oh no it's three rides yeah three I can't, my brain is blinking right now, but there's, um, one that has to do with like, uh, Mater's Junkyard Jamboree. That's what it's called. Okay. Uh, basically like it's made similar to like teacups where you like get in the cup and then you spin it and you go in a circle or whatever. Sure. Um, this one's a little bit different. I like to describe it as if you were driving a truck and then you hooked a shopping cart to the back of the truck with a bungee cord and then drove and turned a corner and like the shopping cart got whipped around. That would be this ride. That sounds kind of fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, I love that one. And then they they had started out with one attraction. It didn't go out super well. So they ended up replacing it with another one. And it's uh, you go to Luigi's and they have you sit in a cute little car and you do basically like line dancing in the car it is the cutest ride on the planet and everyone needs to go on (laughs) (laughs) all right um cool i mean for me the uh, some of the high level stuff here like i thought that this movie's just really good like it's good through and through you know like the animation and the sound are so good in this movie i think those are two of the high points um but the story is really solid too all the way through um and this is just kind of pixar doing some of their best work like i just i i knew i liked this movie which is why i put it on the list but i hadn't seen it in years and years and sometimes we go back to a movie that you or i remember liking and it's like eh, it didn't kind of hold up as well as i remembered it in my head this one surpassed what I had in my head. Like, this is still just an amazing movie, full stop. Like, regardless of time, release period, anything. Like, you could release this movie right now in theaters, and it would still be absolutely amazing. I 100% agree. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So that kind of gets us into the moments. Um, I pulled out a couple things, but there's just, like, so much in this movie. And I think 
one of the things that jumped out the most to me was how they try to make everything car related as much as possible, right? Like mm-hmm. they, if you, you look at the clouds and they have like tire tracks in the clouds or like the clouds vaguely look like parts of cars. Or when you look at the mountains, the mountains look like, like the front or the bumper or like the back or, you know, parts of cars that are shaped like mountains and um, things like dock. So like Doc Hudson, um, when you look and if you actually look at like his official title, which is on like a placard somewhere in one shot, it's like doctor of internal combustion. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's just like every little thing that they can do to make it car related, they do. And I don't know, it's just this nice touch to the world building that I really appreciate. They they did so much. My favorite thing that they did out of everything is that all of the flies and bugs are Volkswagen Beetles. Yes, yes, I thought that was great too. They're so cute. They're little bugs. I love it. Yeah. Well, and like, um, you put in here, but like Arnold is represented, right? Because <laughs> he was the governor at the time this movie was made, which is what I thought was so funny. <laughs> but he was—he's a Hummer. In- he's a Hummer. <laughs> Yeah, which is so fitting. And like when um, they announce a thing and they call it breaking news. But when you look at the lower third graphic on the news, it says like breaking is in not the way we would spell breaking, but like car breaks, you know, mm-hmm. that are stopping you. It, it's that it's these little touches throughout the whole thing. And like instead of having cow like cows, they have, like you said, tractor tipping. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that whole sequence a lot with the tractor tipping. It's so funny. It's they go out of the way to try to make the like because this is a very star-studded cast, like amazingly. And what yeah. they tried to do was fit each of the like who the actor is voicing that car. They made the car seem like it would be that actor. If right. that makes any yes. sense. Um like it makes total sense that Larry the cable guy is tell mater like that he plays mater <laughs> like it makes a lot of sense but also did you pick up on the fact that that mater runs a junkyard which is actually a cemetery would technically be a cemetery because that's where they take broken down junk cars that have died oh i didn't even think about that yeah so like a junkyard is actually like a car cemetery so he's yeah. like that person who takes care of the cemetery <laughs> <laughs> yep oh that's really cool um oh you put the Minnesota minivans. They're one of my favorite yes. parts because they're like, we have surplus. She goes, oh, honey, look, surplus. And he goes, we have enough surplus. Yeah, I really liked that part because I like it because it's very Midwestern in the approach. And they do the Minnesota accent that we're like, I know I've said this before. It only exists in like the most remote, remote corners of Minnesota, mm-hmm. but they don't overdo it, which is where most shows and movies and things go wrong. They like really lean into it hard. This one doesn't do it. It's just a touch of it. And because of that, it's realistic enough that it worked for me without pushing me away as a native Minnesotan. Um, but I love the Minnesota minivans. It was just like so fitting and so Midwestern on a road trip, which I've been on as a Midwesterner. And it's like, yep, that's that's pretty accurate. Like they made me laugh so much. <laughs> I was dying when they like locked their doors. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and their headlights flashed. I was laughing so hard. Yep. And they just drive away. Um I mean, there's also the whole like Hudson Hornet storyline and mm-hmm. without getting too deep into it, but that whole 
I mean, it's a subplot that like wraps back into the main plot in a major way because he's like a washed up racer, essentially, you know, that was also like a big rookie way back in his heyday. Um, but it it's so clever the way they do it and they tie it into the main plot and it just works all the way through. Like I liked his whole storyline too. So when I said that this movie was like Doc Hollywood, so Doc Hollywood is a movie starring Michael J. Fox that came out like early 90s, early 80s, like right in the middle of like his high popularity. Sure. Um, Basically, the plot of that is that he is this like high to do city slicker kind of doctor from like uh, from L.A. who's uh, driving somewhere. He's going somewhere and he ends up completely like wrecking his car and like taking out different things like a fence and like wrecking a bunch of stuff. Basically what um what lightning mcqueen does and like destroys a part of the town and his his thing is is like he had to stay in the town um and be the town doctor for a certain amount of time instead of going to jail okay sound the same yeah very much so (laughs) so it's the same it's the same storyline like um the thing about hollywood is that if a script already exists you don't have to pay money for it Sure. Yeah. You can just adapt the storyline to fit within your story. So they didn't actually have to like pay a bunch of money for the script. They just adapted it to like the storyline to fit this film. Yeah. And I mean, I guess we didn't actually say what the plot is, but that's basically the plot is like Lightning McQueen is a race car is like some kind of NASCAR type of racer or mm-hmm. NASCAR equivalent racer. And, um, you know, he's going between point A and point B for the big race and he ends up lost. And then he kind of wrecks this small town on Route 66 and then they make him stay until he can like fix the road that he destroyed, basically. Um, yep. But, you know, along the way, while he has to stay there to fix it over the course of a couple days, he um, ends up basically getting to know like all the cars in the town and getting invested in the town. Um, And so what I really like is how it ties back into the race at the end. So he learns different things and he picks up different like tips and techniques from the, like the different residents of this town. You know, there's like, luigi when when he goes and he asks for new tires because like at the end before he goes to the race after he's fixed the the road um he goes and he like actually uses all the services because he knows that they're like all proud of their businesses and they're not getting enough business and so he goes and he gets tires and he says like oh i want this kind of tires and luigi goes you don't know what you want luigi (laughs) knows what you want and (laughs) i just love that um so I like when he uses all the services and then like he learns how to drive backwards from Mater and he learns how to do like dirt track, dirt track turning from Doc and all these little things. And then when you get into the final race where he's actually up against his other like, you know, professional modern day racers, he uses all those little things. He drives backwards at one point because he gets like, you know, turned around and he uses the dirt track driving when he gets pushed into like you know the the i guess i don't know what it's called like the side the apron the the whatever the like the infield and um you know when he goes in for a pit stop because they come and they help him as his pit crew luigi is there and they do the best pit stop that i've ever seen and it has the best line of the movie where it's like so fast and then he just goes pit stop and all of the other pit stop crews are just amazed at it that's Um, his name the little the little like tow truck guy his name is guido Yes, exactly. It's so good. So yeah, I just I, I love all the little touches in this movie. The story's really good. I just enjoy it all the way through. Did you know that the Cozy Cone Motel is based off of the Wigwam 
motel off Route 66 in San Bernardino, California. No. So is there a real one that's like that? Yeah. So if you look it up, if you were to Google wigwam motel, it's literally like a hotel of wigwams that you would stay in. Interesting. All right. Um, and I feel like we can't get out of the, the moments here without talking about the end credits. Oh, my God. The end credits are literally one of the best parts of this entire film. They're so good. They're so good. Do you want to talk about what they are? <laughs> so what they did was they basically took other Pixar movies and animated them to be cars because the cars are at a drive-in watching. So a big part of it was that one of the voice actors that voices uh, Mac, Mac yeah. uh, he passed away not long after this film was finished, but he had been such a big uh, voice actor and had voiced many characters uh, throughout the Pixar universe and basically they picked all the movies that he voiced somebody in so he was the he was the piggy bank in Toy Story he was uh, one of the he was like the flea in A Bug's Life mm-hmm. um, and some other ones so what they did was they basically changed those movies they pulled clips from them and turned them into cars one of my favorite ones <laughs> is when uh when Buzz and Woody are talking and he's like, you're a, (laughs) he goes, you are a toy car is what he calls him. And he goes, you're a sad, strange, (laughs) like sad, strange Oldsmobile or whatever. Goodbye. (laughs) And then he just like drives off. (laughs) Oh, it was, it's so well done. And it's just, I don't know. They just lean into it and it's the best. Like, I love that. Um, and it kind of gets us to the bad and the good. I don't have any bad for this one. This is one of the few ones where I couldn't think of anything. Like I just, it's so good. Is there anything that you pulled out? Like, for this movie, there's honestly nothing bad for it. The only bad thing about it is John Lasseter, to be honest. So. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Um, <laughs> so the good, like, I think we talked about a lot of it. But for me, it's it's the animation. It's the story. It's the pacing. It's, like, the the whole world building and all of the sound design. And there's so many pieces to this movie and they just work together into this cohesive whole that's just incredible. Um, for me, it's the casting. They picked some of the best people ever to voice all the characters. Rip to George Carlton, who played Fillmore. Um, and the, like, the animation is phenomenal. And then the end credits like is the best thing. <laughs> awesome so would you watch it again of course yes me too yes 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 this is a great movie through and through um what we have coming up next if you guys want to watch along with us we have ice princess from 2005 babes in toyland from 1961 the santa claus from 1994 and then we're going to do a season two kind of recap episode uh, and then take a break for the holidays for i don't know a little while um and then we'll be back with season three sometime next year don't forget, we are part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the Geekery blog, all that and more at geek2geekmedia.com or go to geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe to get it sent to you, which brings us to Weekly Geekery. Katie, what have you been up to? Um, I've been rewatching random Star Wars movies. Um, it's always fun. Rise of Skywalker or the last, what is it? The last Skywalker? Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> yeah, Whatever the last right. one is, is still not great. Nope, I agree. Like, I just rewatched it and I was like... Mm, still not my favorite. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Um, it is now romantic Christmas movie season. That's a whole season for you. That's a whole vibe. It's a whole vibe for tea time. And we watched our first one called Love Hard. Not great. Um, used a 
storyline that would probably been fine like 10 years ago but after watching 10 years of catfish you can't really use a catfishing like storyline and have it be okay so um and then the bts in-person concerts are rapidly approaching it's like less than two weeks away oh that's like really soon i didn't realize they were that close it's thanksgiving weekend that's exciting so i think it would have already happened by the time this episode comes out uh maybe maybe close to it yeah um i had a great time in case anybody was wondering (laughs) (laughs) or you're about to have a great time depending on when this episode comes out yes it's gonna be amazing i'm very nervous i got my my vaccine booster shot just in case like uh since i'm gonna be around like eighty thousand people (laughs) it's probably a good idea yeah yeah so I'm very, very excited. Um, BTS is leaving, I'm sure, to come here to California sometime this weekend because they were talking about it. So awesome. They'll be here soon. <laughs> well, I got my vaccine booster also so I can stay home and play video games. Um, that's about my speed. But <laughs> no, I got it for all the right reasons. But also, I've basically been staying home and playing video games with my little bit of free time when I'm not working. Yep. Um, And so one of the ones that I want to talk about was Guardians of the Galaxy that just came out. And it's it's really interesting um, because it's a good story. It's a good cast. It's a good experience. But uh, it's not an MCU movie. Like, it doesn't tie into the MCU movies at all. But you can tell they're trying to kind of, like, channel that type of Guardians of the Galaxy that's been established, right? Um, Even though it's pulling from the comics and it's pulling from other things. And you can tell that, like it's a slightly different version of these characters. It has that overall kind of back and forth, always bickering, like a a functional dysfunction to the team and also leaning into the music like they've established with Guardians and Guardians 2. Um, And all of that is present in this video game. And the thing that I really like is not even like the gameplay and the combat um, because those, I just went and I turned them all down to the easiest because what I was enjoying was the story because it's like this extended story where you really get to see the characters interact with each other. So instead of being confined to, you know, a two hour runtime movie, um, I'm probably halfway through the game and I'm like 10 hours in. And so it's just like... 10 hours of these characters constantly talking and interacting and choices being made and like those interpersonal relationships developing and that has been the fun part to me so i've loved seeing what i've seen of this game i think i'm going to probably finish the rest of the game even though like the combat and kind of that core gameplay is kind of it's fine it's whatever but like the story the story is why i'm in this game it's really good Okay, that sounds good i mean like guardians of the galaxy was a pretty great movie i mean if you minus the main person in it but yeah (laughs) yeah and i mean this is all different people right like this is a completely different cast a different version of the characters all that but it hits on a bunch of the points that are really fun from those movies so yeah uh that's probably it for today you guys can find us all over the internet our email address is disney forever podcast at gmail.com or reach us on twitter at disney ever pod you can also talk to us in real time by joining our slack workspace or our discord server I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the geek to geek podcast with BJ Keaton. And you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching the handle at LadyCatherineP. I'm also the co-host of two other podcasts with my best friend, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and you can't stop me loving K-pop. This has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week, as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever, right? I feel like they're going to make like a Cars 4. Like, I feel like that's going to be a thing. 